it's Dr. Stu's Podcast at drstuespodcast.com. I'm Brian Whitman with my friend, Dr. Stuart Fishbein. Thank you for logging on, drstuespodcast.com, or going to iTunes, subscribing to the podcast. Give the doctor five stars, write him a nice review. Podcast number 40, my friend, Dr. Stuart Fishbein. How are you? It's 40 already. It's 40. It's I'm still a little bit older than the podcast, but only for one more like podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, Brian, I'm really good. We have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of things on my mind today. I, it's sort of a... One of those days where I'm going to be shooting from the hip, Ooh. and you're going to go, and yeah. you're going to go along with me and, and play with these uh, issues, and I'm sure love it. It will stimulate some uh, great conversations. Now, so, Randy, producer Randy, when Doctor Stu is shooting from the hip, just be aware of shrapnel when he starts shooting from the hip, because the guy when he gets going, I got shields up. All right, because when the guy gets ranting and going, look out there. Yeah, because you know what? I use cluster bomb. I don't use uh, <laughs> I don't use uh, okay. I don't use a pistol. Uh, understood. Okay. Right. All right. Well, first up, what is uh, you know? Yeah, you you have come in some days. You can tell the doctor is uh, more riled up. You were riled up last, last time? Last week I was riled up. Kind of fired up last today week. Today I am very mellow. You are? Uh, I have to tell you that I, my drive here is an opportunity for me to listen to some radio. Oh. And today I was listening to... Uh, AM870. No, I was actually flipping channels because you guys were on commercial. Oh. And I went right to uh, ESPN Sports Radio here in Los Angeles. I love it. Mason and Ireland. Love I don't them. know if you know who those guys are. Very I, well. John Ireland is the voice of the Los Angeles it's, Lakers. It's uh, John and Steve to me. John and Steve, right. Oh, well, you're on a first, first name, name basis. basis. In fact, I am. I know them both. Yeah, I, I do know them okay, both. Okay, well, let them know how much I appreciated their interview today with oh. Bruce Dern. Oh, interesting. They had uh, the uh, Oscar-nominated actor from the movie Nebraska on. Right, which is getting this, great reviews. This man, I don't know how old he is. He's pretty old oh, right now. Oh, he's the old man? Yes. Oh. He, well, he's been in a ton of movies. You know, from uh, Black Sunday to uh, to uh, whole well, you know, a whole bunch of movies. And here, here's I, I, the thing: I'm, I'm, I'm stuttering here because. But when we say the name Bruce Dern, folks, if you saw him immediately, you go, "Oh, that guy! I know that guy." Everybody knows this guy. And anyway, so he was on today, and he was talking sports trivia. Fun with John and Steve and or Mason, Mason and in Ireland. Ireland, sure. <laughs> and I have to tell you, it's one of the best interviews I've heard. They went through commercial break after commercial break. The guy was on for probably thirty minutes straight. And now you sat through commercial after commercial to listen to more trivia. Oh, I, I just cause you didn't I even me- move? I was mesmerized by this conversation. Excellent. And I would suggest anybody who's a sports fan try to find this on the internet. I don't know if they podcast or just go to ESPN. 710 in Los Angeles. I bet they do podcasts. And if you can listen to the show from, what's today, the, four, the 11th of February. Right. Uh, Mason in Ireland, it was in the... Um, it had see, to be what, the one or two o'clock it hour? It was two o'clock hour. Okay. And listen to it because, you know what? He, he was rattling off names from teams from the 1940s and 50s of the Lakers and the St. Louis Rams and the Minneapolis Lakers. And he was talking about his experiences in shooting the movie Black Sunday and it was shot during Super Bowl Ten. Wow. And b- bringing back all kinds of memories. And so, for me, it was just one of those things where I got lucky because, you know, sometimes you're listening to radio, you can't find anything to listen to. So you turn on music or you turn the radio off or whatever. I, it was one of those things where you just got, I just got lucky. You had a friend and you were entertained. Otherwise, you would have been alone in your car. Victory, Randy, for radio. Yeah. Victory yeah, for radio. It is a victory for radio. And I have to tell you, again, because I'm from Minnesota, every time he would mention something about Minneapolis... 
I felt like a warmth inside. Is Bruce Dern from the Twin Cities? I, I don't know. His wife is from Minot, North Dakota. Okay. But he's probably from someplace in the Midwest. Okay, that's cool. I don't know. I mean, he talked about going to school in Illinois. I think he grew up in Illinois because he talked about playing high school basketball oh. at the time of the of the Hoosiers. Right. You know, the movie they made Hoosiers, about, but it's about a real team. He yes. remembers that real team. Re- oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, and that was in the early 80s or the 70s. No, that was like the 50s, I think. Oh, was it that far? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, a long time ago when yeah. he was... He was probably well. Know, the movie, right? The movie came out in the early '80s or the '70s. Correct, but right, but the, right. the the event predated the movie, as right. uh, usually is the case. Right. So anyway, right. Uh, here, I want to talk a little bit about today. I just left my office before that, and I had an interesting encounter with a very nice woman that just brings me to something that's current about the dilemma we're all facing now with insurance and that sort of thing. Yes. Okay. This is a fifty-seven-year-old uh, woman who came in with postmenopausal bleeding. Does you guys know what that is? It doesn't sound pretty. Uh, I understand. And let me take a shot at this. Okay. Uh, she comes to Dr. Stu with postmenopausal bleeding. She's 57, you said? Yes. Okay. That means that um, she is past menopause. And, uh, the, the, and she, she's bleeding. She, right. And she no longer. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> right. She no longer has period. So therefore, the bleeding is maybe doubly alarming because she's not supposed to bleed. That's correct. I, okay. so I, where's my lab coat? Yes. I, I got it. Can no, I? We, we can't have lab coats anymore. Oh, that's right. We learned that last <laughs> we week. We got rid of lab that's, coats. Oh, darn it. Right. Just when I was getting my degree. Okay. So anyway, so she comes in with this, and two years ago she had the same thing. And she went through a workup, and she was found to have a small polyp, which is a benign growth in the uterus. She ended up having the polyp removed, and she's been fine for two years. Did you do that work two years ago? No, I didn't, because I don't do surgery right. anymore. Right. Okay. So anyway, so she goes to an associate of mine in, in Thousand Oaks. And uh, so the polyp was removed. So she's been fine for two years. She's on hormone replacement therapy, perfectly happy. She had another episode of bleeding. So because I'm the ultrasound sort of expert in the office, this doc, my, my associate sends me her to repeat the ultrasound today. We find another polyp in her uterus that's regrown, okay? So the, the, the thing is, is it's, it's, scary. it's definitely benign. No, they're benign polyps. Okay. You know they're benign just because of the experience and the fact that it's really round and perfectly shaped. And really, it, for, Forgive me, because again, you're talking to people who don't know anything about what being a doctor is like. You can look at a polyp on an ultrasound and without any further testing determine it's benign? Uh, well, like anything else, if you, it depends whether you live in the world of the worst case scenario or you live in the world of reality. I see. Right. Okay. And, and my second, my second uh, more about that? article okay. is about that whole thing you just discussed. Cool. But yes, I think with somebody with experience, and that's, there's nothing that beats experience, right. um, can, can look at that and say that the, the odds are this is really benign. So the options for this woman are leave it alone and see if the bleeding comes back, recheck it in six months, or you can go and remove the polyp. Okay, or the more radical thing would be to do a hysterectomy. All right, but that's a a major operation, and it would certainly not be indicated in this day and age of minor surgical procedures to remove a polyp, which is an outpatient procedure, and you're you know you're back on your feet within a day and all that stuff, as opposed to a major surgery. Okay, right. So I'm not the one giving her the advice, but we had a nice conversation about it because she's going to go back and see my associate, and that one their decision is going to be made. By the two of them. And this, Dr. Stu, is a very classic example of a situation where informed consent is necessary, as you've spoken about so many times. Right. This is a perfect example of informed consent. And the reasonable choice would be to either observe it or to maybe have it removed through what's called a hysteroscopy. It's a minor procedure. And knowing that it might recur again two or three years from now. Here's her response. She says, well, I'm thinking I would rather have a hysterectomy. And I go, why would you want that? And she says, because she's retiring next year, and she's worried about what her insurance will cover after she retires. Oh, no. So she says that, you know, I'm in the military, 
if I retire, I might have to get a policy. It may not pay for this. It may not cover it. There might be red tape. Right now, I have good insurance. So I think I'll have a major surgery because I have good insurance now. Oh, my God. might have it next week and the, the, not, might not have it next year. She says this in front of you. Yeah. This, this, was, must, this, this must was have, her reason. It must have shocked you. Well. That's a pretty shocking thing to yeah, say. Yeah. You know, again. The, again, she's saying my I'll subject cyn- my, my cynical body. Side, my cynical side says that, yeah, this is a real that you know it's something i never would have thought of as a reason but when she says it, it makes perfect sense because no one knows there's so much uncertainty no one knows what's going to happen next year or the year after that or the year after that in terms of the and changes in health care coverage and whatnot correct. it's well if you listen to the stories in the news you sure, know sure. that people are losing their insurance people are having insurance but they didn't know they had a huge deductible they didn't know they had they can't go to their doctor or they can't go to this hospital that's right next to them they have to go mm. 30 miles away I and mean, they're just finding these things out because there's nobody you can ask you can call and be put on hold for 20 hours trying to get through to somebody to make it clear, and you can't. no one can give you the same answer. Was uh, the, the, the female patient that you saw uh, with whom you had this encounter, did she solicit your opinion, Dr. Stu, in what she should do of the four options that you laid out there? Yeah, we, I mean, we went through them again. I'm, I'm sort of in a role of... Kind of an for advisory her, role. For her, I'm supposed to be an ultrasound technician. I see. Except I'm too highly trained for that. And right. I, and I can't shut my mouth. Uh, no. So, so yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> surprise, surprise. No, but that's helpful. I mean, okay, so she basically says, you know what? I know my insurance is good now. I know it's going to be good, at least for the immediate future. Let me go. I hate to have uh, big, bad surgery, but let me have it now because at least I know I'll have good medical insurance to cover the surgery. Right. Ooh, that just sounds Again, you understand her perspective, but it's a sad reality. Well, this is the kind of thing when when central planners try to plan something huge like this, they never take into account human nature. You know, why aren't young people signing up for for Obamacare? Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, expensive. They don't want it. They don't need it. Okay, you you couldn't figure that out before you passed the law. People are going to people are going to make choices. You know, they're already talking about having people drop out of the workforce. Right. As a good thing, so that they can pursue their poetry. But yeah, <laughs> okay. But but somebody's going to have to pay for that. So there, people are in, behavior is influenced by this whole thing. It's not surprising that she would choose this. Behavior is engineered by this legislation. Correct. But here's a woman who's choosing major surgery, which she probably would never need in her life because she's afraid that years from now her surgery she may need these minor procedures periodically, and her deductibles or her copays will be so high. Just get rid of my uterus so I don't have to think about it ever again. Yeah, right. Well, you know, that's why, I mean, it sort of goes back to something I've said for a long time. I mean, if we had, again, we're not going to get into the minutia of healthcare reform because it's, quite frankly, uh, nobody really fully understands it until it uh, fully plays out. Uh, even Dr. Stu has questions that remain unanswered about healthcare reform. But wouldn't it be wise to have sort of that, that program that I said for a long time, I don't know anything about putting these programs together, but ideally in my mind, I thought it made common sense to let the people who have their insurance who are happy with it keep it and have it and then have another program one other program with maybe various uh, slight variables to to the offerings available that is purchased directly from the government for those who can't afford so then your insurance is not going to be changed by the introduction of a low-cost government provided health insurance policy i don't know why i mean you know that 
that just makes sense to me. And that, that so, so why do you think that they didn't do that? I don't know. And I wish I knew. I'm just I don't I don't know why they do the things they do. But w- w- wouldn't that have just been the easy thing? You have a program that low income people can opt to buy into it if they want to. It has no effect on yours or mine or anybody else's insurance. And if you're low income and you can afford it, a couple of variations, maybe you have a family, you don't. OK, you check a few boxes and there you go. There's no reason that the passage of this law has to affect everybody else's, especially this poor lady, a woman who you saw who now has to uh, maybe make a decision that in her heart and soul injected with true you know, serum she doesn't want to make but she's just doing it because of reasons right. of insurance you know brian it would have been a lot cheaper of course and it would have been a lot wiser which of course those two things in federal government are oxymoronic but it would have been a lot cheaper for them to just take the 30 million people who are uninsured leave everybody else alone and buy them insurance for life buy the 30 million people insurance for life Right. Buy them, buy them private insurance for life would have been cheaper than what they're doing now. Okay. Right. Now, we, I mean, we're looking at this. You, you, you have your finger on this pulse because this is your job in the morning to look at these things. What do you think of this new, um, what is it, uh, executive order that came down from President Obama? Yeah. Yesterday or today that's now going to delay the employer mandate. Another year. Another year. It's yeah. already been delayed three times. They're going to delay it now till. 20 oh randy picked up the microphone this is 2017 it's just for people who hire people you when randy picks anybody. up the microphone you know something's going to happen well here. what irritates me is that you know these get delayed uh the big employers already got delayed but uh little poor little individual me we're not getting delayed you need us to pay for it oh. i'm not a company i don't have money to pay for my own health insurance hear that anger yeah well, I mean, I mean, wasn't it six months ago? Well, that- yeah, but look, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I think it's being delayed because clearly they recognize that it's not ready to be implemented, which is another problem uh, in and of itself. Why is it not ready to be implemented? But it's always fun to watch my friends who hate Obama do the dance, and the dance goes a little something like this. Well, I don't like Obama. I don't like Obama. I hate Obamacare. I hate Obamacare. He wants to delay implementation. He can't do that. He must implement it. I hate it, but he must implement it. That's the dance. And well, then they, they twist want, and They want before. them to live their consequences. But, you know, this is purely a political Did move. Did you like the dance move I did for you? I yeah, had, yeah. I, I had rehearsed that outside. Well, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, no? I wouldn't change your day job. Okay. Uh, All right. Randy, did you like it? It was beautiful. Thank you, buddy. I wish I got it on tape. All right. So, so anyway, Brian, so what is the take now? of doing i mean why do you think he's doing this? i think for political reasons I, I well i think legitimately probably logistically there are some real reasons he doesn't want another catastrophe of course had the problem with the rollout with the website at the end of last year i but don't isn't think this just the fine part of it the the fun part of the it the fine part of it oh oh you mean the part that works fine no the part that the, this is the mandate this is their charge they find the employers if they don't have their full-time employees well right that's what the employee mandate refers to right but of course the fines only come if you've got the program implemented and give people an opportunity i think they're assuming isn't it going to be isn't the same isn't it just kicking the can down the road yes of course it is okay isn't the same going to have the same argument either this year next year or the year after whenever they finally do this employer let's mandate? have it tomorrow the same argument well you know I mean, we will i mean we'll ha- i mean really and truly we will well this move's not going to protect jobs the employers have already adjusted years ago to this crap and that's why you can't get th- a full-time job I- nowadays it's why people don't hire because they always say we're anticipating all anticipating for- it's all foreseeable it was all foreseeable just like this this woman's decision even though it's sort of shocking it, it is foreseeable that she's going to change her behavior because 
she doesn't know what's next. Uncertainty is very difficult in people's lives. And the older you get, I've realized this as I've gotten older, you like your routine. You don't want things disrupted. Sure. You don't like it when the weather changes. You don't like it when your TV doesn't come on. You click on the direct TV and it's like there's a blank screen and you're, you're freaking out. Right. I can see you in that house shuffling around in those slippers. What? Who moved the remote? Somebody moved the remote <laughs> control. I leave it right here and I hit this button. The direct TV goes on. Who moved the remote? Is the mail here? Every day at one o'clock he's here. He's not here. Who is this guy? Maybe it's the villain. You can't trust her. Like Where's Jackie the remote? Mason. Oh, Chucky Mason is moved down here. And where's the remote? Who took my remote? And I hit and I click at the Rick TV and I watch the television. I'm doing kind of that's my future stew. Future stew. That's my impression. Uh, it's of- getting close now, believe me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you like your I, Dr. Stu likes his routine. Everybody does, but you're right, when you get older it means more. And that's one of the things that's upsetting about my life is because, you know, I have a routine, but it's always potentially being upsettable. Well, I think I think that right now I have three people who are due. One one is overdue, another one's due next week, another one's due in two weeks, and, or actually in in a week also. And again, every you know, I know what people don't go into labor during the daytime, so I never really worry about it in the daytime. But every evening I come home and I'm wondering down, should I go to bed at eight o'clock? Because I might be up later, oh. or do I stay up till my usual time of eleven thirty to one o'clock and do I watch my shows and go on the internet and do my Facebooking and all that other stuff. And anyway, I find myself, you know, it's hard. It, you get st- you get stressed out. Inside. I bet you do because when you get the call, Doctor Stu, if somebody's going into labor, a client, that usually what is that at ten o'clock at night? That that first, yep, yep. seven to ten o'clock at night, you get get the first call. Yep, and you know that you're going to be up later, right? And That's usually all night, you know, you'll be up all yeah, night. Yeah, usually all night long, and then of course you have a full day the next day at work, so. You have to either, you know, I used to be able to do that. I used to be able to be up all night and work all day. Now, you know, it doesn't, it's not as easy for me anymore. So you must have been awake to see Jay Leno do his final show. Uh, No, I didn't know. Yeah, I was, I watched the uh, opening ceremony of the Olympics. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. You didn't watch the the Beatles? You didn't watch the Beatles? No, I didn't see the Beatles special. No. Did you play the opening ceremony drinking game? No. Randy, oh, the man is a doc. Randy, excuse me. Pardon me, doctors. Excuse me, Dr. Yes, Stu. Yes, the man is a doctor. Dr. Stu, please pardon me for a okay. moment. Please, quite on the Scold him. Quite on Please, doctor, just have a seat. Randy, please be have, have a seat. Sit down, Randy. I'm down. For Christ's sake, get over here. What? I, I bring this man over here. He's a doctor. But, but people so were doing it. I was at the bar. We were playing drinking games. With I don't me. care. They have a funny hat. You do a shot. And if there's only one guy on the team, you do a shot. And... I don't care if you were in a whorehouse. The man is a doctor. Did I tell you about the time I was in a whorehouse? The man is a doctor. Oh. Don't talk about drinking games when I have a doctor here. It, it, that, it's my reputation on the line, too. You apologize to the doctor. If your reputation's lying on my ah, reputation. Please, my reputation. <laughs> Dr. Stu, yeah, anyway. Yes, you're going off the deep end. Uh, anyway, Randy was watching something on television and was, was engaging in some crazy act. By the way, I got an email. I got an email from a listener to my morning show on AM870 who said to me, did Dr. Is Dr. Stu on speaking terms with his daughter over Coachella? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Over the weekend on my Facebook, a Facebook friend said, somebody I don't know, but is obviously a listener, said, is Dr. Stu, because it's a man, I think he has a, a son about the same age as Maddie, and he said, is Dr. Stu back on speaking terms over the Coachella fallout? And it made me laugh, and yes, I thought I, I'd I, ask. I want to reassure the listener who's worried <laughs> about that that I just had a beautiful lunch with my daughter. How nice. Prior to listening to the Bruce Dern interview. And you guys spoke during the and, lunch? Yes, we did. We ate at Bandits in Thousand Oaks. Oh, and, how nice. And we both had wraps, and it was great. And we had a nice conversation. She, she talked to me openly and honestly about some of the issues in her life. Okay, good. Uh, things that are going on at school, things going on at home. 
It's the when you're a father, it's one of the best things that you can get out of a 17 year old daughter. Candor is yeah, and candor time, and trust. Tr- oh, sweet, right, right, right. trust. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. And that's sweet. I'm glad yes, you and guys. I, and, I, and I gave and I gave her. Oh, uh, she's trying to drink from your. Jamie straw. is trying to drink from my straw. Uh, I gave her um, my Gandalfian wisdom. Oh, okay. Uh, my, one of my favorite lines from uh, from Lord of the Rings. And what wisdom did you... Gandalf is sitting and talking to Frodo in the uh, uh, Mines of Mordor. Is he holding the stick, I assume? No, 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 they're lost, and they can't. he doesn't know which way to go. Whoa. And uh, Frodo starts to lament about the ring, and he says, I, uh, I wish this had never happened. I wish the ring had never come to me. And Gandalf looks at him, and he says, So do all, so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for us to decide. All we can decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. So what that means to me and what that means to my daughter, and she knows exactly when I start quoting Gandalf, she starts to roll her eyes and stuff. Because I, I was going to say, when you're doing that, is she going, oh, whatever? Yes, she is. <laughs> <Okay>. However, <laughs> she, you know, you pound it in enough repetition. Right. Does get it through. And when she's stressed out because of this, that, the other thing. Do you do it in the voice at Bandits at the restaurant? No, you I don't. can't. See, I don't do voices. You would be great. That'd be yes. the good part about being. Can you do being Gandalf? A, I, I, yeah, I can't. But me being a father, I could do impressions. I could. You could really... do. Gan- you could do Jackie Mason as Gandalf. Oh, the kids would love it. What do you say again? <laughs> and so there's everybody who's ever sought the ring, and then the ring, and the ring doesn't fit, and they got to take a ring and get it resized. And he says, "But the ring is supposed to be on this finger, though. I want to move it over here. But where's my stick? And I don't know where I am. And I'm lamenting." All right, yeah. so that kind so of. So anyway, thing. me and, and my daughter are we're, my we're, past, we're past Coachella, so we're fine. Fine, good, good. Yeah. I got that email. And you know what? She understood. Understood exactly what I was talking about, right? And she never had any real intention of going. She was just trying to yeah. band- bandwagon it with her friends. Yeah, right. Just check the temperature of the water. Yep. Right. Just put your put your put your toe in and see uh, see how Lake Stew is today. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was freezing on that day. It was freezing on okay. that day. Okay. So here's a, here's another article. Of, remember, I think last week I read an article about the white coat from the New York Times. Yes. New York Times seems to have a, a series of these little medical articles, which I find fascinating in, in sort of their also infuriating you find them infuriating and fascinating this was not infuriating this is sort of this would fit with my friend um john hunt who wrote uh assume the physician we talked about that in one of our previous yeah by podcasts. the way fascinating and infuriating would be a great title for this website for this podcast <laughs> okay this is a, this is a uh, uh, article written called the real world is not an exam mm. by abigail zuger md okay she says she's a doctor my young friend has just finished the last months of his medical training He has faced down many multiple-choice tests and triumphed over all of them. Great. Starting with the SATs and ending with a series of medical licensing exams, including all the prep courses and practice exams, he probably had tens of thousands of single best answers under his belt. Wow. Now they were all burbling up to the surface. Uh, First day in the job, he went off to evaluate an older patient with neck pain. It hurts when she turned her head. It had been going on for a few days. Quote, wouldn't it? wouldn't hurt to get a cardiac workup, he reported back. Stress her, get an echo, neck pain, you know, tip off her heart disease. Gotta remember, in old women, heart disease will have unusual symptoms. True enough, wait, let me finish. True enough, occasionally, but not in this woman who had a stiff neck and probably needed a pillow. Uh, He saw a patient whose hips were hurting after a long hike. I got an MRI pronto, he answered, he announced. It could be aseptic necrosis, bone death, that's what usually is when someone taking these drugs. No, in fact, even with those drugs, it's usually muscle strain, the kind that hurts a lot and then goes away. Only in the wonderful world of the single best answer should you put your bets on anything more exotic. He spent a long time with a patient with yet another history of headaches. 
I vote we put her, put her in for an MRI and an angiogram, he said. Could be a slow recurrent bleed, possibly, in the brain. Got to rule it out. No, got to not do that. Got to sit tight and let it be. Reassure the patient, already panicked enough, that all will be well. Put that order form down, get those itchy fingers off the keyboard, oh, wow. and learn that in the real world, the answer to most questions actually turns out to be D, none of the above. All right? So, mm. what I'm saying is... That's interesting. What this article is saying is, is that in medical training, we learn to recognize worst-case scenario. Uh-huh. We learn to be worried about that sort of thing, and then we're taught about medical legal liability and stuff like that, and so we end up seeing zebras where they're only horses. Is it, is it possible to say, Dr. Stu, I love that. that that's very uh, kind of uh, insightful. Is it safe to say that, uh, and obviously you've been a doctor for decades, is it safe to say that your generation of doctors and, and, and those younger than you even, of course, are trained to treat, are trained to identify and treat the worst case scenario at the exclusion of the most common scenario? Yes, you're trained to eliminate the worst case scenario before you just assume it's the best case scenario. In other words, when a woman who is 57 years old like you had today in the has office. a small episode of bleeding, the obligation of the physician is to rule out endometrial cancer before we assume that she forgot to take one of her postmenopausal hormone pills. I see. All right. Now, most of the time, almost all the time, it's she forgot to take one of her hormone pills or maybe she was on antibiotics and the absorption was different. But ultimately, we're not allowed to miss anything. Right. All right. Uh, the, uh, you know, options like you decide to keep an eye on it for a while or you tell the patient to come back if the symptoms get worse. Yeah. Or you may, you may, you know, or ma'am, excuse me, you must make peace with the fact that you're never going to quite figure that out, but it's really not Ooh. worrisome. These things never come out of doctor's mouths well, anymore. And let me say something to you, if I can, as the person who's the patient, you've been a patient, of course, but you're also a doctor. Patients hate D, all of, or none of the above. If I'm sitting there in the doctor's office, especially with the cost of healthcare or going down to, but the, the wait, you're waiting, my gosh, you wait two hours, you get in front of the doctor and the doctor, she or he says to you, uh, it's uh, Brian, Randy, uh, uh, Stu, it's D, it's none of the above. We don't know what it is. The patient hates that answer. The patient, I think, psychologically wants an answer, even if it's not 100%, you know? I, I, well, I found, I found actually, Brian, that, that they want to just be reassured. And, and, and they don't need to have a test done if you can look them in the eye and they have a trust with you and they have a good relationship with you, which is the value of the longitudinal care um, model where a doctor takes care of a patient over years and years and years and years. Mm. You know, that sort of model is, again, being disrupted by all the sort of interventions between both corporate and government interventions into medicine, making it more of a assembly line sort of thing. And so you don't have right. the same person caring for you each time, and therefore you're, you're basically just a, a computerized form that has uh, answers A, B, C, and D, and you, you D would be your last resort. You've got to rule out A, B, and C before you can say, None of the above. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, she concludes the story by saying, you know, she tells this story to her friends and she, her friends give her the same response. They say, well, how bad could he be? You know, he passed his boards, didn't he? Sure. She and, should and be she proud. Said, and she says, of course, the final hurdle in the path out of training consists of nailing a gigantic a gigantic quantity of single best answers. Ah. So in other words, he passes boards, which is a multiple choice question. Oh, right. You know, <laughs> it doesn't bring you into the real world. And, right. And I remember specifically, and I, I'm a great patient of mine, who, her name is, first name is Kim. When she was pregnant, she got a headache. Now, a pregnant woman with a headache most likely 
is that she needs some Tylenol and she needs to get some rest and drink some fluids and it'll be fine. Because of stress or something? Whatever. Okay. You know, dehydration, stress, uh, low, low blood sugar, all those things. However, when she comes to me, I take her blood pressure, it's normal. I look in her retina just to be sure there's nothing going on that's obvious in her brain and her retina are normal and I tell her, go home, take some Motrin or Tylenol and, and rest and call me back if it's not better tomorrow morning, okay? Her uncle is an ER physician. She happens to tell her uncle that she has a headache. Guess what happens to this woman? Okay. He has her come over to the emergency room and guess what she gets? A CAT scan. Oh, God. Okay, because in his world, headache, could be a stroke, could be an intracranial bleed. So in his world, he gets a CAT scan. So it turns out that she didn't have a bleed or anything else, but they found something on the CAT scan completely unrelated to her symptoms, and now she has to be followed for something that has no, no bearing on anything. And now so she's freaked out. She, she was freaked out at the time. Yeah, it turns out it's be nothing. Good. It was years ago. But I just remember that my, my feeling about this was I'll rule out anything like preeclampsia or uh, uh, that sort of thing by checking her blood pressure, doing a physical examiner. If she looks fine, go home, take some Tylenol. Nine t- 99 times out of 100 to go away. Right. And then if it's not going away, then you could consider the workup. But that's not how mm. it works in a lot of the medicine these days. And I see this all the time. We talk about it when it comes to cesarean sections. We talk about it when it comes to w- women who are one day over their due date. Right. All right. There's nothing wrong with being one day over your due date. You don't need to be tested. Dr. Stu, I think that uh, I'd like to, uh, you know, uh, we always spend time. We got to uh, work through a lot of material here. Can I just take a little time for me before we wrap up the, the podcast? You know, because I do like this as an opportunity to say, you're not going to believe what happened to me. Like, remember the time Randy had the rosacea? Yes. Okay. So still has the rosacea. All right. Let's, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was a thing. Well, it's not noticeable, Randy. I have to tell you that. Uh, it's, Thanks. It's okay. You notice that's why I keep it so dark in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what it is? I thought it was uh, for cultivating. Um, I just know. To just be honest, it. the reason it's so dark in here is I'm too lazy to replace that light bulb and that light bulb. Wow, you're running out of bulbs, my friend. Yeah, if you guys can bring one next time, that'd be nice. You're bulbless, dude. So here's got what no ha- bulb. Got no bulb. Got no bulb. So here's what happens to me. I have no idea what it's you guys are It's inside I've lost control of my podcast lost once control again. Of Dr. Oh Stu's podcast. Uh, okay, so the other night, I go to brush my teeth before I go to bed because i got to get up at 3 o'clock. Which is, which is admirable. I want to tell you that. Thank you, sir. I should do it more. I try to do it every – I try to brush my teeth like four times a day. I have to tell you, before you go on, yes. be careful not to brush too hard because I, then I, you get gum retraction, which cannot be replaced. So – don't brush too hard. Make oh. sure you know what you're doing. I already have cirrus. Are you using a soft toothbrush or uh, now, a hard toothbrush? Now I am using a soft one. Soft you're already brush. giving there me the sh- the spilkus. I got well. I got the sh- I got is the right? ride act from my dentist. Yes. Do I have spilkus? Is that what I have? You, you could have spilkus. I don't know yet. It's like uh, agita. <laughs> What's the difference between spilkus and agita? Tight. I don't know. What you uh, I got. I got. I got. I, 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 I got. I got all of it now. Spilkus is when you like can't sit still. Oh, no, I don't have that. Yeah. I have agita. I think that's spilkus. Right. Okay, right. I'll have spilkus tomorrow. My daughter had spilkus when she was little. Oh, at Bandits, I bet, today. The no, not today. With you doing the impressions of Gandalf. Oh, she, she was spilkus. so cute. We used, to, she, we used to call her, she has the fidgets, we would say. How cute. That is cute. <laughs> that's precious. Right. You're anyway, bouncing around. Yeah, you okay. don't have spilkus. Right. You, oh, you, but I have got, a toothbrush, and I have toothpaste. A soft toothbrush. And it's a new kind of toothpaste that I've only used twice in my life. And I put it on the thing, and I brush my teeth. And it's about 10.30 at night. And I think to myself, wow. I do one of these. Ah, wow. That was, a, that was like a, bl- a blast of, of freshness and cleanser. I really feel like I got a nice brush in there stinging a little bit. I almost feel like I got a real clean 
mouth now and the teeth. And I said, okay. I get in that bed. I wake up. It's about 3.30 in the morning. No, because I have to wake up for work. No, it's about 3.30. I had to get about 4. And I start, I'm doing one of these, feeling the teeth with the, uh, feeling the teeth with the tongue in the bed, laying there going, well, this ain't right. Something is up here. <laughs> Uh-oh. I get up. I walk to the bathroom. I flip on the light. I stand in front of the mirror, <laughs> and I'm looking at Joan Rivers, the, the, the Botox, the, the, the lips are so swollen. The upper lips, I have a picture. They're so swollen, and I'm going like this. I had to stay home from work. I looked like uh, a woman who had spent Excuse three me, months wait, wait, in the Botox wait, 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 chair. Wait, one second. Why does somebody on radio have to stay home from work? Because I don't need the others laughing at me, <laughs> okay. and it was impacting my speech. I, apparently, I, I felt like I had just left the dentist office. Okay. By the way, this is the guy to ask, why should a guy on radio take off work? Yeah, because it's Wednesday. <laughs> so hey, anyway. So, but you know, you could have worn a hazmat mask. I don't know, and just the upper lip is all, it's gigantic, and I look like a woman. I Actually, my mouth looked like if I was like a movie star, a woman, I would cast me for something, because I looked okay, but it didn't look like me, and it was... The speech was normal, and I was not in, I was not incapacitated. Yeah, so it didn't affect your vocal cords. Or no, but I felt like you know, like a bee would come out and be like, bleh, 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 bleh. you know what I mean? Hi, my name is. Bleh, bleh. By the way, the toothpaste wasn't your hemorrhoid cream by mistake. Was it, it was not, but I still don't know. I threw out the toothpaste and I threw out the toothbrush. I don't know what in the medicine cabinet the toothbrush may have made contact with. Doctor Stu, the next day. I get the, the, uh, I don't, I don't touch my mouth that day because I'm afraid. I don't brush my teeth that day. I don't want to put anything in there because God knows what's going to happen. The next day, I do brush. There is a little bleeding when I brush and I've moved to the soft brush and I'm okay. But, um, so I want you to know if my lips look full, this is just well, what, what, what do you, I mean, look, there's got to be more to the story than that. What, what was it? I don't know why you want me to get me freaked out about this. I don't know what it was. There must have been something on the brush. I threw the toothbrush away. I had been cleaning in the bathroom. Maybe bleach got on did, the brush. Did you eat shellfish or anything I like did that? have two bad hot dogs earlier that day. No, oh. no that wouldn't do it. It happened just as I brushed my teeth. I, as, as I told you. I brushed my teeth, and I said, ooh, wow, that feels good. I really brushed them. You know? Where did well, you get the hot dogs? Uh, that place called the Infield on Ventura Boulevard. So oh. tell, me, tell me about the toothpaste. That's you usually said it's an outfield. A, you said it's a new toothpaste. That's unusual for someone your age. To buy a different brand. So what happened there? Was it like uh, on sale or was it? Uh, well, you know, you know I, why would you buy a different brand of toothpaste? I mean, people yeah. really get set in their habits. And that's one well, thing like toilet paper. Mm -hmm. Toothpaste is one of those things that you, if you like Colgate or Crest, you always Colgate or Crest. I can answer that question. Okay, for you. Let's, let's find out. Dr. Stu, you're looking at a man. Our listeners really want to know. You're looking at a man and folks, you're hearing a man who likes to live an exciting life. Oh, my gosh. And I might Colgate it 50 weeks a year. And then... Hit Valentine's time. You know what? Crest. And the checker goes, what? And I go, that's right, girl. Just ring it up. <laughs> so that's you, what, are, you are a wild man. I went with Crest whitening toothpaste with the whitening toothpaste. Yes. And then it just blew up the lips. I would get it off my phone, but it's over there and we don't have time. I looked like Joan Rivers or that Leah, who, Leah Remini or who is the Lisa Renna. Her too, with the giant lips. You know, what yeah. you should do, Brian, if you were really a scientist, is you should look at the box and see what's in that box and compare it to what's in your normal toothpaste. I put it in a clear bag like hazmat and threw no, it away. No, no, I know, but you could go to the store and you know what you bought. So go check it out. Maybe there's something there. Maybe it's just peroxide. Maybe it's something in there 
that would cause you to have that issue. Well, it scared me, but I'm well. I want you to know that. Well, you look fine to me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, And your voice is still golden. Oh, Dr. Stu, (laughs) as is your medical advice and and consult and also your really free-form opinions here that you were shooting out of the hip left and right here. This is exciting stuff Yeah, well, you know, there's so much to talk about, and and I I don't want to always be a downer. We're going to bring some guests on in the next couple of weeks. Yes. I'm getting a pediatrician to come on, and I'm also going to get a chiropractor to come on. Uh, oh, by the way, I just want to uh, give a shout-out to the wonderful Gina Kirby. Gina Kirby is a, a doula from Texas All right. who teaches a class in the Rebozo. I think we might have mentioned this. Uh, did we talk about this last time, the Rebozo? I do remember the I word. I think so, yeah. It was a marvelous seven-hour seven seminar on Saturday. Uh, it, w- it was great, and, I, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to using it. And the nurturing and the loving part that goes along with the – the people that I hang out with now has made my life so much more uh, fulfilling and enjoyable in the profession that I've chosen, even though there's stresses about hours and times and fear of liability and all that stuff. You know what? Th- there's that in the hospital-based world, but th- there's, there's, there's something about the nurturing that goes on in the midwifery-based world that makes what I'm doing so gratifying. Wonderful. That's great to hear. Right. It's, and let's so leave thank it on. you, Gina Kirby. Gina Kirby, way to go. Thank you. And thank you, Dr. Stu. If you want to email Dr. Stu, askdrstu at gmail.com. That's the email address, askdrstu at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Whenever there's a new show, you'll get an alert. You can give the doctor a nice review. Give him five stars. Go to drstuspodcast.com, the blogs, Fearless Pregnancy, Dr. Stu's book, all available there on the right side of the website. So check it all out. Thanks for joining us on Monumentous, podcast number 40. I'd say so. For Dr. Stuart Fishbein, I'm Brian Whitman. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.